it's got the feel of a bit of a cowboy marketplace. So that's one way where you can kind of game the system and increase prices for what people actually buy. And you know, I think that's fundamentally what the government got wrong and how they structured it. It's a bit of a no man's land out there, frankly. No, I think the cost is, is extortionate. This is Fair and Square, a podcast from Federes. We investigate corporate and financial wrongdoing. I'm Ellie House. Holidays, business travel, visiting family abroad. You plan your trip, book your flights and accommodation, get your currency, triple check you've got your passport, Google the local restaurants, museums, beaches, and now buy your government-mandated COVID-19 tests. But for how much? £300. £20. £84. £180. £70. £360. This is a story of three parts. One, misleading advertisements on the government's own website. Two, high prices for tests which cost much less abroad. And three, a public system ripe for private manipulation. But let's take it back to the beginning when we first decided to investigate PCR tests for UK travellers. Well, I think generally people had an awareness that there was something fishy going on with the PCR tests. That's Paul Vella, an associate at Federa's. Our assumption was basically most people are going to be getting the uh, home-delivered tests, which will be the day two and the day eight. So you have one test for the second day of your quarantine, another test for the eighth day of your quarantine, both of which are posted to you. And then you then mail back your your test so that it's processed by lab and you get your result. The UK government's policy for foreign travel has shifted several times over the last few months. But in general, this is how it has worked. All foreign countries are divided in a traffic light system based on their coronavirus risk. Green, amber and red. The quarantine rules for people returning from abroad differed for each of these colours. When we started investigating, most travellers were coming back from amber countries, which meant that they had to buy two COVID-19 tests, one for day two of quarantine and one for day eight. And there was also an option for a third day five test, which, if negative, allowed an early escape from isolation. Ben Leather is a Londoner who tried to book his two-test package for a holiday to Mexico. Well, the way it works at the moment is that you have this sort of marketplace of uh, tens, if not hundreds. I don't know if hundreds is an exaggeration. It felt like hundreds. There are currently over 400 providers listed by the government. But certainly tens of providers that uh, allegedly provide the kind of services you might need to get tested when you get back to the UK. But once you get on there, it, it's got the feel of a bit of a cowboy marketplace because, um, for example, you'll see a posting that says there's testing available for £29 or something. And then once you get through to the site, uh, that's not the case or, or the £29 tests and nothing to do with what you'll need to get back into the country. This list of test providers with prices, testing method and links to the private company websites 
is compiled by the government. That's where we started our investigation. And so we started looking at what prices the government was saying were available, and it became pretty immediately obvious that those prices were just a, a small fraction of what people were really paying. And so we started asking, well, why on earth does it look like that? Like, what, what are these prices actually showing? How could that be true? I downloaded the government list and spent a day going through the top 50 companies. They were top of the list because they supposedly had the cheapest prices. When we started digging into that, that's when we started to notice that, well, these prices really referred to just a small handful of kind of click and collect, meaning like you, uh, you go to the, the testing site, pick up your kit yourself, there's no postage, and then you bring it home. Um, or an on-site test that you administer yourself, meaning that you kind of just show up, you stick a little swab up your nose or something, and then uh, you hand it off to them, and they will send it off to the lab to be processed. You don't have anything mailed to your home. You don't take anything home with you. You just go to the, the site and do it all yourself. This isn't what many people are looking for when they go to buy travel tests. Home delivery is far more common. But these were cheap prices. And if people were willing to go to a testing site, they seemed to steal, sometimes as little as £20. And so then the next question is, well, who, who is actually able to take these tests? Are the cheap on-site options really accessible? Because, you know, you look it up online and then you realise, OK, well, there's, there's, there's one site in Norwich and there's one site in Hastings and none of them have availability for the next month. You can say that you want to do it in person, you can say that you live in London, uh, but you can be given a result where, yes, you can be tested in person, but it's in Newcastle or it's on the south coast, neither of which are particularly uh, great ideas unless you want to go full Dominic Cummings when, when you have to go and get your tests. This is problem number one. The on-site tests with cheap prices coming up at the top of the government list were limited to a small number of faraway testing sites that most people in the country would not be able to access, especially when they're in quarantine. The next question is sort of, well, like, let's say that you actually did want to get an on-site test or a click-and-collect test. Like, let's say you, you live in Norwich and you want to go to Norwich to, to get your test, or you live in Hastings and you want to go to Hastings to get your test. You know, is that something that you can actually do? Is that, is that an option that's available to people? I spent another full day trying to book these in-person tests. And what you find pretty quickly is that, you know, sometimes the website just doesn't work. Like, you're not able to click through it all. Sometimes you have to send an email to the provider, wait a full 24 hours for a response, and only then can you access an on-site booking system. And we found that of the top 50 providers who offered on-site or click-and-collect tests, 50% of those, you couldn't book it at all. The website had no availability. And then in some instances, you find, okay, well, I actually am able to book this, but... There is nothing available until September. So it's not really useful for anybody trying to book a summer holiday or do any sort of travel uh, for the next month. This brings the total up to two-thirds of the top providers where you couldn't book a test within at least a month. Um, and so that leaves basically just one-third of people who you could actually book one of these cheap on-site tests with. The price seems extortionate to me. Ben Leather paid £84 for a two-test package for his holiday. On a separate occasion, his employer paid £360 for a three-test package in the hopes that he would be able to escape quarantine five days early. 
Not only did he have issues with tests arriving late. I got my day five results that are supposed to let you out sooner rather than later on day 10 uh, when I could have gone out anyway. He also experienced firsthand the abnormally high prices of travel tests in the UK. I was happy that it was my employer <laughs> footing the bill and not me. For £360 can buy you quite a lot these days. Um, and it seems extortionate even if uh, three little COVID tests in a test tube work um, at just as £84. For two tests seems like a heck of a lot of money for what it is. Problem number two. Tests are costly, much more expensive than in Europe, with no meaningful justification for why. There's a couple of funny things about the UK that we already knew, such as they charge a VAT on the PCR tests here, which was uh, pretty unusual for EU countries, and also that uh, you couldn't use an NHS PCR test for travel purposes, which to my knowledge is a bit different than other countries where you, you can use publicly funded PCR tests, in, at least on some occasions. Paul and I also looked at the prices of home-delivered tests. These are the products that most travellers are buying. That was basically what we were trying to, to look into, is, is what's the gap between whatever price is on the government website and the actual price that you would need to get these home-posted tests. Most of the cheapest advertised providers charged more than was reported on the government list. On the days we looked, that was 78% of the top 50 private companies. And on average, there was a £60 difference between the price advertised and the price a customer would actually have to pay. And there's another layer to that, which is actually checking the price of postage, because some of the providers would be like, oh, yeah, great, we've got this super cheap test to be like £30. You're doing great. Then you go through the checkout, and then the very last step is suddenly, well, the price doubles because there's another £30 charge for shipping. In my case, when I went on holiday, I just bought the cheapest one. I looked around that, that marketplace for about an hour, um, and ultimately the, the cheapest one that I could find was £84. Uh, but obviously the strange thing in all this is that that kind of marketplace that isn't wholly transparent and uh, accessible is facilitated by the government and is a necessity for you to enter the country. Test providers may be charging high prices, but our research kept boiling down to one thing. This is a government list. The website has several caveats saying that the information it publishes is just a guide of prices and the government doesn't recommend any specific providers. It also advises consumers to do their own research. But even so, this is a list that consumers look to for reliable information and we found that it was vulnerable to manipulation. It's also kind of a way for providers to game the system. Because if I'm a provider, um, I can compete with my, my fellow providers in one of two ways. One is I can lower my price so that consumers actually just want to go buy my stuff. Or two is I can kind of like create an appearance of low prices and I can do that by having one really low price point, such as an on-site test, that is cheaper than what everybody else charges um, I'll go to the very top of the government list. So if anybody wants to buy a test, they'll, they'll see me, my name at the top of the list and they're probably going to go click on my website. Who are these providers and why have they been given this opportunity? Uh, because it certainly seems like they're collecting money without uh, providing a service. Yeah, you know, I think that's fundamentally what the government got wrong and how they structured it. They, they 
created a system where, you know, there's a really strong incentive to come up with one really low price, uh, then to restrict supply to that price as much as you can, and then charge customers a much, much higher price, sometimes a seven times higher price for the service that they're actually probably going to use. The government list rewards this pricing strategy. That's problem number three. We weren't sure whether this was a deliberate move to limit travel or negligence by the government. Here's Prime Minister Boris Johnson on the 19th of May. Uh, Mr Speaker, we have one of the strongest border regimes anywhere in the, in the world. Uh, there, are, there are currently uh, 43 countries on the, on the red list, uh, Mr Speaker. But if you're uh, coming from an amber list country, everybody uh, should know uh, that if you travel to an amber list country for, uh, for any emergency or any, uh, extreme, any extreme reason that you, you have for doing so, you, when you come back, Mr. Speaker, uh, I mean, you not only have to pay for all the, the tests, but you, when you come back, you have to self-isolate uh, for 10 days. Uh, we will invigilate, we are invigilating it, and uh, people who fail to obey uh, the, the quarantine can face fines, Mr. Speaker, of up to £10,000. My name's Simon McNamara and I'm the UK and Ireland uh, Country Manager for IATA, that's the International Air Transport Association. And uh, we're a global trade body representing around 290 airlines worldwide. The UK government's travel policy has hit the aviation industry hard, with even more force than Simon believes was necessary in a depressed pandemic market. And if we just look at, look at Europe as a whole, we look back at demand data across June, for example. The UK was was the lowest recovering country out of key, the key markets of Italy, Netherlands, France, Switzerland, Germany, Portugal, Spain and Greece, with Greece being the top end that had reached a 98% recovery, 98% of 2019 demand. The UK was down at 16%. Why was that? It's simply because confused consumers don't have the confidence to travel or it's too expensive to travel. That's the experience shared by many consumers, like Ben Leather. So all in all, a, a bit of a farce and quite stressful and just completely didn't work and obviously cost a lot of money. Well, I think there's two things. One is, one is the VAT thing, which is just odd. Um, because you're, you know, this is almost a health matter, and charging VAT's an odd thing. Uh, and then I think the other unique thing about the UK is they have—they're uh, one of the few countries that have effectively put testing for travel, at least, out to the private market. Um, and what it means is there's a tremendous number of players in there, and that, you know, theoretically should bring down the price. It's not. It's still unbelievably expensive compared to other countries. Um, you know, you. It, the UK, amongst sort of what we call the leading states in terms of its range of costs of testing, the UK is is an outlier in terms of the top end testing costs. You know, almost almost approaching three hundred pounds for a PCR test. And at the low end, you're still looking for a PCR um, at somewhere around seventy pounds. So, despite them putting it out to the private market, this hasn't brought the price down. I do understand that the government and some of the public might feel that people who are travelling in the middle of a pandemic should foot the bill for those tests. I think that's debatable. I, I'm, I can see the argument and I'm happy to, to foot that bill, but I would much rather that I was paying the NHS to do it because I would know that it would work. And indeed, I'd be more than happy to pay slightly more than what the test itself costs. 
but to sort of leave it into this cowboy marketplace of providers doesn't seem to be effective. Our research was published with The Guardian on the 31st of July. They also reported that the Advertising Standards Agency was investigating inconsistent pricing. And so eventually, um, the government kind of caught wise that they were in a bit of trouble for this. And so Sajid Javid has opened up an investigation into it, and, and hopefully that will lead to some actual meaningful changes. The Secretary of State for Health and Social Care said some of the most expensive providers might be struck off the government list. Now, the Competition and Markets Authority is also involved, announcing its investigation a week after our research was first published. But for the consumers who have already shelled out hundreds for tests, some of which failed to arrive, this action, as summer comes to an end, may be too late. I, mean, I think the buck stops with the government. It's their service, it's their promise to the British public that they will keep them safe by regulating who comes through our borders and making sure that um, nasty variants and, and uh, large amounts of COVIDs aren't, aren't uh, out there in the country.